I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, City fan. Our favorite maverick is at it again. Spalletti riles up the ultras, sarcastically puts his way to a red card, and ultimately keeps Napoli at the top of the table. But Milan draw level on points as they face a showdown in the capital against Mus Roma. We'll speak about that and all the rest of this week's action in this episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome to Scudetto. It's uh, just Boaz and myself again this week for the third week running. Uh, we've come up with weird and wonderful reasons for uh, what Oscar's up to. Uh, the truth is that he's moving country. Uh, and the the absolute truth is that as if this is the 1920s or something, rather than uh, doing what normal people do, which is getting on a plane with some suitcases and shipping your stuff across, he is actually on a ship as we record uh, on his way from Finland to, I think he said to Sweden before then making his way onto the UK. Anyway, crazy, crazy, crazy times. Boaz, you are, you are with us, obviously. Uh, how are you doing? Just about. I'm doing fine, Kenny. I'm not too bad, although the clocks are moving backwards uh, this weekend in Israel. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know much about having young kids, but uh, I know a thing uh, or two. <laughs> yeah, our 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 boy tends to wake up too early to begin with, and now it's going to be an hour earlier. So uh, it's going to be an exciting few weeks. I think you get an extra hour in bed. I think actually. I yeah, think but he's still going to be waking up at the same time. So right. While, yes, they, that makes while sense. it's going to be later, he's going to be waking up. You're right. An hour early. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be great for a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that. Have you got a, a beer to drown your sorrows at the the thought of that? I'm drinking a Malka Pale Ale today, which I believe I've had in the past. You have. You have indeed. Uh, obviously, a favorite of yours. I've also got a, a favorite of mine here. I've got uh, a Brewdog Hazy Jane, which uh, is uh, oh, I delicious. Like that one. Delicious as always. Right. Okay. So loads and loads to get through, um, and we say that all the time. But two two match weeks, uh, and obviously the previews of of this upcoming one to, to get through. We mentioned we've mentioned in a few of the recent episodes that we have to give Napoli their their dues and speak about them in depth, given that they're probably looking like favourites for for the Scudetto at the moment alongside Milan. Uh, so they obviously dropped their first points of the, the season, nil-nil uh, against Roma at the weekend, but bounced back with a 3-0 midweek win against Bologna. Boaz, let's start this off by just asking, I mean, they look so impressive. Is Basically, is the African Cup of Nations the only thing that can stop Napoli being considered outright favourites for the Scudetto? It's certainly something that's been uh, earmarked in the calendars and something that could definitely derail this uh, fantastic season so far. But I think uh, Napoli have shown that they're a very solid team. And of course, the four players who are who will be uh, potentially going to the African Cup of Nations are pretty much the 
backbone of the team. Yeah. But I think uh, the way Napoli are playing and, of course, the mentality that Spalletti has uh, managed to set up there suggests to me that perhaps this is much ado about nothing, particularly considering that uh, some key players for, the, for some other clubs will also be going for the African Cup of Nations. Uh, not as many as Napoli, but still. I think Napoli have been definitely the most impressive team thus far this season, not just because of the football shown, but also because there's a noticeable improvement on last year. And uh, yeah. lastly, something that we keep mentioning is that Spalletti has only been in the job for about half a year, and it usually takes time to, for players to adapt to a new style of football, new manager, but it's been almost instant there. And yeah. uh, you can tell that the players have really bought into his ways, not least the captain Insigne, who sometimes seems like he's off, sometimes looks like he's staying, but he's still giving it all for his boyhood club. So well done to Spalletti. And I think, as I keep saying, he's a strange man, but he's also one of the <laughs> he's one of the most uh, underrated managers in Europe, in my mind, and probably of the current managers in um, who are managing in Italy. He's in my, I think he's probably the best tactician at the very least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's doing an incredible, incredible job there. Uh, I mean, I, I would say that any team, yes, other other clubs will be losing players to the African Cup of Nations, but uh, arguably one of the best centre backs in the in the league, Koulibaly, will be will be away for them. And I, I think we have to say the best striker in the league, Osimhen, as well. So. Yeah, Osimhen is a is an alien, and uh, I think uh, <laughs> Sinisa Mihailovic's uh, reaction post game suggested that he was even more impressed than what he f- he was expecting considering Osimhen is only 21 i believe as well it's there's so much uh, so much promise ahead of him See, mihailovic just to quote him he called him ignorante which uh, it doesn't quite translate as ignorant as you would think but kind of uh, strong-headed uh, a guy who will do anything and he, he said he just keeps running he's got a powerful shot he's a very smart player so when when your opposing manager gives you such praise you, you there has to be something there you mentioned uh, Koulibaly and uh, Osimhen, but I think uh, perhaps Anguissa will be most yeah, missed because absolutely. he's been such a revelation. Transferring to the Premier League just for a second, there's a few clubs in the top six over there who could have probably done with a player like this, not, not least uh, Man United, who seem to lack uh, any sort of defensive midfielder. And it's kind of uh, a coup that... Uh, Napoli were able to grab him and for such small money I think the buyback clause is uh, 15 million which is not too prohibitive uh, and of course but of course the likes of uh, Arsenal uh, even Liverpool are apparently uh, circling now so Napoli yeah. will do well to uh, tie this deal up because he's been as I said he's been a revelation yeah yeah and he was immense as well in that game against uh, Bologna as well uh, but I mean, before we get into the the Bologna game, you, you mentioned Mihailovic's uh, press conference post game. Can we can we talk a little bit about the pre game press conference in which he? I don't really know how you could describe this other than saying that he absolutely bullied uh, a teenager, Aaron Hickey, in front of all of the the gaze of the media. Uh, what did you What did you make of that? As I've given uh, Siniza honorables in the past for his behavior and his quotes in press conferences. And this was very close as well. He he asked uh, Hickey to pronounce a few words in a Scottish accent and then <laughs> lightly mocked him for it. And then he suggested that uh, he would be the the starting left-back for Scotland, to which Hickey reminded him that there was a certain uh, Robertson and Tierney yeah. ahead of him. And uh, <laughs> Siniza was just like, who are they? Who, where are they playing? So um, <laughs> lols all around. 
Although I think um, maybe Sinisa was deflecting a little bit from the fact that in both the game against Milan, which we'll get to, and in this game against Napoli, Bologna pretty much uh, hit the self-destruct button, both by giving away the uh, silly ball in the first goal and also giving away two penalties, which is kind of criminal. Um, yeah. Of note on those two penalties is that uh, after Insigne had missed uh, two penalties in a row, uh, Spalletti said that, uh, oh, you don't want Insigne to take penalties anymore, then the next penalties will be taken by either the captain or Lorenzo. And of course, <laughs> in, in this case, both the captain and Lorenzo got the goals. So uh, credit where credit is due, but Bologna, are, I mean, they're self-destructing, as I said, and they should do better. They in uh, in this game in particular, it was over bef- before the min- the first fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt like at the beginning it was uh, it looked like it had the makings of a, an entertaining game, but I mean, yeah, after after Napoli took the lead, really, I mean, Bologna really didn't create that much, did they? And uh, I mean, I, I don't even think Napoli had to really do much, as you said. The Two absolute gifts of uh, of penalties, and I think Mihailovic complained after the game as well, didn't he? He said, "Oh, two penalties in this game, two red cards in the previous game. What are we supposed to do?" But I mean, those were two for me, two blatant blatant penalties. So. I'm not sure he was complaining so much about the decisions, but more um, lamenting his own bad luck or the fact that it's much harder for a team like Bologna to overcome the the top teams in the league when uh, they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah. In Siniza's defense, he also said that uh, Soriano's red card was completely justified, although he did see some... uh, He had some questions about the first red card in the Milan game, which I think is fair. So, uh, again, uh, maybe uh, Bologna aren't showing too much uh, character on the pitch, but uh, off the pitch, at least, Siniza is putting his face to it. Right. Well, next up for Napoli, it's Salernitana away... Salernitana, who came back from behind to beat Venezia, uh, in part thanks to a questionable sending off decision against Ampedu. Uh, I don't want to veer too far off course because uh, we are still just kind of rounding up the Napoli game here. But uh, a quick take on that, Boaz, because it was a, a, a talking point of the weekend. A red card for you? I think definitely not a red card, although... Um... If when seen in slow motion, it's possible that the referee felt that for a split second, uh, Ampadu lost control of the ball and uh, that his foot was a little bit, uh, let's call it hammered. But uh, Mm -hmm. it it was a bit of a ridiculous red card. And uh, it's one of these situations that uh, created some uh, hoo-ha in Italy this week because there was a few uh, decisions that maybe shouldn't have gone to VAR that did go to VAR. And this decision here was, I don't think it was eligible for VAR because it was a direct decision from the ref. But nonetheless, I think maybe something needs to change in this aspect where some clear uh, wrong decisions are being made. Having said that, uh, just another boring VAR chat, but I think (laughs) when when, uh, VAR was introduced uh, to football, I don't think anyone expected there to be 100%, uh, for it to be 100% fail-proof. I think it's, it's there to limit the mistakes that are being made and... that's definitely something that's been happening but uh, there's a lot of penalties for example being given to in Italy a lot more than in the other top leagues and it's often VAR that's given these and there's also a whole um, debate about contact whereas I mean football is a contact sport so I I don't think I mean we'll get onto Mm -hmm. it but the the Dumfries penalty at Juventus it's a penalty but the discussion shouldn't be about whether 
there was contact or not, but it should be about whether he impeded mm. him, stuff like that. Yeah, there was talk of meaningful contact at a, a certain point, and that seems to have just completely disappeared, doesn't it? I mean, all I personally ask for is a little bit of... Um, for the refs to have a set standard of what is a foul and what is not. Right yeah. now, you watch any game week in Italy, and there's uh, ridiculous uh, fouls that are getting away with yellow or not even the yellow. Yeah. There is like some really marginal decisions that are deciding games. And uh, ultimately, I hate to bring up the financial aspect of this, but there's a lot of money on the line. And to get relegated or miss out on a Champions League spot or, God forbid, lose the championship on a decision would be, would be catastrophic. Yeah, but obviously Salernitana were the beneficiaries in this case. Um, I think, th- sorry, you, asked, you, you also asked me earlier if I think it was a red card. It was Ribery, right? I think he did a fantastic job at selling the fact that he was <laughs> supposedly stamped on. So, um, I mean, he's got years of experience. So I, you have to love a good, uh, a good, it wasn't a dive, but a good uh, exaggeration of, 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 of impact. Mm. And what, what do you reckon for Salernitana at the weekend? Any hope of taking anything off Napoli? Or is this uh, train going to keep on running? Salernitana have been um, getting a few odd, re- odd good results here and there in the past few weeks. But ultimately, I think they're destined for relegation. And the way Napoli have been playing in the past few weeks has, has been immense. And I don't see Salernitana putting up too much of a barrier. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it would be nice to, to move on from refereeing controversy, but we're going to move on to, to Juve next. In particular, we're going to start by casting our minds back uh, a week to the Derby d'Italia, where there was more refereeing controversy. Obviously, you've mentioned already the, the Dumfries penalty, uh, Inzaghi raging at that and getting himself sent off. It was one of four managers at the weekend to, to get themselves uh, sent off. Uh, but yeah, it felt at that point that Alleg- the Allegri turnaround was uh, still on track. They'd kind of got away with one. They'd done that Allegri thing of getting a result where they hadn't necessarily uh, deserved it. And uh, then obviously the Sassuolo will, will come on to next. But I, I, I'm keen to get your take on this. But for me, uh, Inter kind of threw that game away. Boaz, no, I, they, were, they had it in control. A little bit like the Lazio game where they pretty much dominated possession and created a lot of good chances ultimately for me this is two points dropped by Inter rather than a point gained and uh, it, it's starting to become a pattern where they're losing points here and there yeah in games where they're otherwise uh, dominating I think I don't think it was the greatest of games I feel that considering this was a game that was being broadcasted around the world it was a little bit um, slow there was a lot of mistakes in uh, in actions and there could have been other goals from uh, miskicked mis- clearances and stuff like that. But um, ultimately it was decided on a very late penalty scored by your good friend uh, Dybala. I think, I think Juve got away with one there. They did get away with one, but I mean it was a clear penalty, wasn't it? Uh, um, it <laughs> he kind of lashed at the, the ball, completely missed it and... I mean, it's clear. It's not even just contact. I mean, there's like force in the action. It's, it is definitely the the right decision in the end, if you ask me. The controversy is that uh, VAR called up the ref for this one. And uh, in theory, as I said earlier, the, once the ref makes a decision, VAR should not contradict him. And, and according to certain players, the, the ref was heard saying that was not a foul. 
So the the only explanation could be that the VAR told, asked him, "What did you see?" and and he maybe thought that he maybe felt that Tom Fries was the one who was getting kicked, or that maybe he got the ball. At which point that is a clear and obvious error, and then VAR can intervene. But this goes back to what I said earlier. It's very strange that VAR can jump in for a situation like this, but it doesn't jump in for a, a, a case where uh, Vinicius were clearly wrong done. By yeah, him. yeah, and there's been obviously a lot of talk about VAR and how it can be improved. I mean, that would be my my thing, would be that big changes like this in the game, they never get them spot on, or very rarely do they get them spot on right from from the beginning. Uh, one of the things that's being suggested in Italy is something which I've actually long been in favour of, which is sort of a challenge system for VAR, where each team gets gets a challenge and if they if they get it right, they they uh, get to keep their challenge. If they get it wrong, then that's them lost their their challenge. What's your take on that, Buzz? What's a little bit like opinion? tennis? Yeah, yeah, I got, and NFL as well. Um, I think obviously, particularly in Italy, managers would find a way to game this challenge to waste time or something. But it's definitely a step forward from what's happening right now, and um, I think that. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on uh, where you stand on the matter, VAR is here to stay. So now what we we have to do, or rather what the people in power have to do, is get it to a place where it satisfies uh, our need for the game not to be stop-start all the time, but also that there there isn't any evident uh, unfair advantage given to certain clubs. Yeah. So you've got away with one there anyway, and then... Before we uh, move on, I just wanted to spend a, a good word for Edin Zeko, who scored against Juve. Yeah. And uh, that was his uh, seventh goal in uh, nine league games. And also his fifth goal in the first four home games, equaling uh, Marco Branga and Mauro Icardi, who, of course, banged lots of goals for Inter over the years. So that's good company to be in. And at 35 years of age, it's impressive and... I know it sounds a bit facetious, but uh, swapping uh, Lukaku for uh, Edin Zeko on a free and making so much money seems to have worked out fine for pretty much all parties involved. Yeah, although perhaps uh, Conte leaving Inter, less so, perhaps. But anyway, Juve obviously got away with one there, as you said, uh, but then had what looked like a relatively straightforward task. Uh, I mean, Sassuolo, we all know what they, what they have been capable of in recent years. Uh, but still, Juventus at home against Sassuolo, you would expect them to to come away with the, the three points. Uh, obviously, that isn't the way it, it turned out. Uh, Juve got, found themselves behind to what we have to say is a very good Sassuolo opener, although... If if you're a Juve manager or a Juve fan, all too too easy the way they were cut open for that. Managed to after putting pressure on, managed to get themselves back on level terms, and then as they were pushing for the winner, got uh, dealt a sucker blow at the end. And there was a great quote from Allegri at the end, which was uh, just sheer frustration, where he said that you can't lose a goal at the end there like well he said like chickens but the way it's used in Italy it's kind of uh, more you can't lose a goal at the end like that like uh, donkeys basically but after that I mean we thought Juve were kind of had hit this stride this Allegri kind of style they go and they they drop three points at home like that they're now 13 points off Milan and Napoli and actually, interestingly, five points worse off than they were under Pirlo at this time last season. 
Is that it, Boaz? Is are, are you? The, I mean, obviously, they still Champions League qualification is still very much alive. But we're a quarter of the way into the season. They're thirteen points behind. At what point do we say Juve are not title contenders? A lot of references have been made to Allegri's 2015 campaign, where Juve were also thirteen points off the top and uh, ended up winning the league. In that case, there was uh, a better squad. Let's face it: the midfield was uh, a phenomenal midfield. There were some fantastic strikers and uh, the current, the, pretty much the same defense as today, but six or seven years younger. So I think the, the Scudetto is gone for Juventus, although they may surprise us. But uh, Champions League is still within reach. And Agnelli spoke to uh, shareholders and fans this week and he said that um, the, the club is budgeted well enough to not make the Champions League, which makes for a nice change from what he said before... Uh, Mm. Um, Allegri finished his first stint in charge where he said that uh, not finishing in the top four would be a disaster and would not be worthy of a club like Juve yeah yeah Um, and next up for Juve it's uh, Tudor's rejuvenated Verona who let's not forget at the weekend so much has happened but at the weekend they beat Lazio 4-1 so I mean that's not with four goals from uh, Simeone yeah 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 very impressive yeah so that i mean that's not gonna be easy for them is it Uh, it could be that it gets worse in a normal season i would say that this was uh close to a guaranteed three points for juventus even with pirlo or sari at the helm but uh it's really an unpredictable uh season and the way you were playing they're just not creating enough chances they've lost a guy who scored 20 30 goals a season and uh, in theory, at least, or yeah. every, according to everything that's uh, being uh, released by the club, the goals should now somehow be shared equally between uh, Morata, Keane, uh, even Locatelli from midfield. But realistically, that's not actually been happening. They, they've been scoring very few goals. They've been conceding yeah. more goals than they've conceded since 1995, I believe. So it's not. Uh, it's far from your uh, uh, typecast uh, Juventus performance and. I'm surprised. I, I didn't think it would be this bad. And I think this is probably the biggest challenge of uh, Allegri's uh, career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Inter, for their part, after the Derby d'Italia, went on to overcome Empoli away 2-0 in another game with uh, controversy. I mean, Empoli had Ricci sent off probably fairly. It was a very rash, very rash challenge. Um, but then really should have been awarded a penalty them, themselves as well. Uh, but ultimately, Inter, uh, once Empoli were down to 10 men, very comfortable for Inter. They were, there was only ever going to be one winner, really. And that kind of keeps them seven points adrift. So they're still, uh, you, you can't, you couldn't write Inter off yet, really, Boaz, could you? No, I think Inter is still in the picture, although the particularly the draw against Juventus was, uh, as I said, two points dropped and probably sees them a little bit further from the top two clubs than they would like to be. Yeah, and uh, across the city, uh, city rivals Milan, your your club, uh, share top spot obviously with Napoli, and they actually appear to be overcoming that those uh, sort of that injury and COVID uh, list that they had. Really, uh, they've they've had a good week, back to back wins. Obviously, the four two against Bologna that we we spoke about, and the the one nil against Torino. I'm not sure if you want to speak a little bit about the Bologna game first. Um, the Bologna game was a mad game with Bologna getting uh, 
two red cards as we mentioned earlier and and still uh, managing to come back from 2-0 down to 2-2 with Milan only managing to go ahead again in the 80th minute or so with a fantastic Benacer shot um, it, it was a bit of a weird game and I particularly like Sinisa Mihailovic throwing on uh, a couple of attackers once they went 3-2 down was making it even more of a five-a-side game with Milan <laughs> just booting the ball along to any to Milan players basically um, but yeah it was I think it's as going back to what I said earlier Bologna shot themselves in the foot uh, showed some fantastic spirit to come back but perhaps they were aided a little bit by Milan getting a little bit too cocky and maybe pushing too far forward to get that third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, Milan found found a way to win and it's something they did in midweek as well against uh, Torino. Uh, I didn't, I have to, I have to say I didn't actually see the, the Torino game beyond the, the highlights, but certainly it seems to be from the, the reaction that I've heard that Torino were perhaps a bit unlucky not to take something from San Siro. Is that fair? Firstly, if you have, uh, if any of our listeners have uh, bouts of insomnia, I would r- strongly recommend watching <laughs> this game uh, over and over. It's a fan- it's a fantastic calmer for the nerves, but uh, it it wasn't a great spectacle, and uh, I felt that Torino showed some really good football, but they were very toothless in the last third of the area, uh, particularly Belotti, who is coming back from an injury, but he looks uh, he doesn't look like football player he looks like someone who's uh won his appearance in a in a cereal packet or something uh, <laughs> he's a little bit out of shape he's uh he seems to be he's really battling for everything but it's far from the player that we know and love but uh i think milan got the early goal and then sat back maybe they gave torino a couple of uh chances too many particularly towards the end when torino threw their um their keeper up to for the corner uh and the, the yeah. ball was just wide but Overall, it's it was it was far from a great performance for Milan in both games actually, but kind of a showed great spirit and it showed that certain players who maybe haven't been playing as often as others uh, uh, have the skills to be in part of this squad. And it was nice to see Giroud score again. He's uh, yeah, he's uh, maybe he's finally gonna remove this curse of the number nine shirt that has been bugging the club since Inzaghi retired. Yeah, certainly, certainly looks like it. I mean, Juric has definitely uh, turned things turned things around for for Torino. I think it has to be said at the beginning of the season, we're obviously a bit worried. Uh, they had the game against the game against Atalanta, where they were very unlucky to come away with uh, nothing. But then disappointing performances after that. Juric being in the press, kind of complaining about loan signings and the like, and it kind of didn't didn't look good. But things have have steadied since then and I, I would be surprised if they're anywhere near the, the relegation uh, talk again this season. Torino have seen themselves lose to the likes of Milan, Napoli in, the, in recent weeks. They also lost to Atalanta, as you mentioned. But these are all uh, the top top clubs and probably Torino were not expected to win these games. What is important is ultimately, statistically, Torino have five more points than they had at this stage last season. And the, crucially, they've conceded 13 less goals. So, the the UH, uh, imprint is definitely starting to show. Yeah, those five points have moved across the city from uh, from last season with you yeah they were loaned so. over. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, right, next up for Milan this weekend. It's one of the big games of the the weekend, really. Uh, Roma Milan. Uh, Roma, who themselves escaped from one nil down against Cagliari. We spoke about Roma getting uh, being the first team to hold. Napoli to, to a draw this season earlier on but in midweek they were 1-0 down against Cagliari it could have been worse um, 
managed to turn things around by by way of some well great goals really um what are your thoughts going into the, into this game has has Mourinho kind of stopped the rot at Roma uh, I mean just two good or two encouraging results in a row uh, do you have this as uh, a tough game for Milan it I think it's definitely going to be tough particularly because it's uh, away from home and because uh, Mourinho has priors with Milan from his time at Inter I wouldn't be surprised if this was a quite a defensive match with uh, perhaps a low score and probably a draw but it's I'm not as confident as I've been in past games uh, about how well we're going to do having said that I, I'm not sure uh, Mourinho has managed to stop the rot yet I think the atmosphere that he's created at Roma is incendiary and ultimately mm. while things are going well and while he has the backing of the Friedkins it's all good but I think ultimately when you uh, publicly name and shame five or six of your squad yeah. players, uh, it, it will somehow uh, roll over onto the, the other players. And, you know, some some people will think, wait, what's going to happen if I make a, a mistake or something like that? Is he going to throw me under the bus as well? So it's not the greatest uh, in terms of man management. Yeah. And perhaps that's one, uh, one area where Milan, an area that Milan can exploit because... As we mentioned, the team spirit at Milan appears to be really uh, phenomenal and there's such a great bond between the squad from the young players to the old players. It's something that I haven't seen at, uh, at, at Milan for a long, long time. So on, in that aspect, perhaps uh, the team spirit can pull Milan through. But I mean, Roma are a good team. That's, that's not going to go away overnight because their second string lost to uh, Bodo Glimt. Yeah, fair point. And Mourinho actually was doing some backpedaling as well. I think this week saying basically players that he had said he couldn't play again. Now he's now he was saying, "Wow, they don't have like crosses through their faces. They can get back into the into the setup." Anyway, I think, I think some of this is to do with the the fact that the club wants to move some of these players on, and I I think uh, I think it's probably done with the. It's very theatrical, but I think it's done with the expressed agreement of the owners in a way to kind of try and push these guys off the plank. Mm. Uh, and I think some of them will will go. But, for example, Villar is uh, not going quietly and his social media presence recently has been quite uh, quite incendiary. Yeah, quite. Uh, he's been quite quite angry with what's going on. I think justifiably so. Last year he was supposed to be the new great hope of the Roma midfield. Yeah. Yeah, um, we have to we have to move on, and we probably shouldn't spend too much time speaking about the other big game of this weekend, which is uh, Atalanta Lazio. The the reason I say that is because it's obviously the earliest uh, the earliest kickoff. So by the time a lot of our listeners uh, listen to this episode, perhaps that game will be uh, will be done and dusted. Uh, but Lazio, who in midweek overcame Fiorentina one 0 was build i think possibly is the biggest game of midweek it was certainly i think the the most glamorous if you looked at the the table uh i i watched it it was pretty disappointing to be honest uh fiorentina didn't really do too much they had good possession they had kind of good territory but like i i think you mentioned before uh about um I'm, i'm trying to remember who it was you were speaking about but basically fiorentina just didn't have any kind of bite no cutting edge uh or anything um Atalanta, for their part, obviously very, very reasonable. Three points away from home against Sampdoria in in midweek. Um, 3-1, perhaps a bit of a resultato bugiardo, as you would 
say Boaz because it was 2-1 up until the the last minute. Uh, but I think good good for Atalanta having come from you know the, the weekend where they threw two points away in the closing stages against uh, Udinese. Uh, so yeah, still a bit stop start for from Atalanta. We we said last week that we have to give Napoli a bit more time. Hopefully, we'll be giving Atalanta more time in future episodes as one of the protagonists. And of course, Gasparini was one of the managers sent off in uh, yes in the previous week that you mentioned. And he, he was particularly angry at the fact that uh, the referees do not explain their decisions, apparently. Yeah, and uh, apparently voluntarily thinking about sitting this one out in the stands. His ban obviously is over, but he said that he's he's uh, so fed up of getting booked and sent off that he might just sit in the stands for it. Uh, On yeah. the subject of <laughs> getting managers getting sent off, I, I also, and it's going back to, the, to uh, Napoli earlier on, but... I very much enjoyed um, Spalletti getting so- sent off for the the offensive, the ironic clap. Which <laughs> there's nothing worse in football. But Spalletti Spalletti came up to the referee, complained for a few minutes about things that happened during the game, and then started clapping. But 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 bravo, but bravo anyways. And it was obviously very sarcastic. But then he he acted really shocked that the red card came out. Perhaps like a, a sarcastic clapping deserves a yellow card, but no red card. But this was a game where both managers were sent off and Jose Mourinho was seen, uh, he wasn't allowed into the stadium at, uh, at Cagliari, so he was seen uh, eating food on the steps <laughs> yeah. outside. Which he is shared more, uh, that in his social media or something, didn't he? Yeah, so I, I think uh, we're, I'm personally hoping that Mourinho sticks around Roma as long as possible because his, uh, his social media value. output has been fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but quickly, Buzz, just to get your take on this uh, on this game between uh, Atalanta and Lazio in Bergamo. Atalanta's injury crisis in defence continues. Uh, Jim City, Palomino and Toloi. It seems like three out of four of the centre-backs are taking turns at sitting sitting the, w- the weeks out with one of them um, given the responsibility for, for all of the rest of them. Uh, do you think Lazio might be favourites going into this one? It's really hard to s- get a pinpoint of where Lazio are right now because while they have these phenomenal results where they win against uh, Inter or they, they beat Roma in the derby, they subsequently get smashed by Verona 4-1. Yeah. Um, they've had some ridiculous drops in form and uh, with Atalanta coming at you with all cylinders, it, it might be hard for, um, for the Lazio defense to cope. And uh, I, I think that uh, Immobile has maybe not been as sharp as he has been in past seasons this year. Yeah, that's fair. Obviously, it doesn't help that he was injured. So uh, that's that's definitely a factor. But it's something that, as I said, I, this is one of the games that... Well, every game that Lazio are playing right now is so hard for me to predict because they're, they're so up and down. And it feels to me that maybe Sari isn't 100% convinced about his uh, starting eleven yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Definitely not found any consistency, really. Uh, right, we, we do have to move on. We're going to move on to best of the rest. Uh, and uh, just to, to start off, I guess, on a, a Lazio point, to, to keep it on Lazio, Luis Alberto's uh, fallout with Sarri appears to have uh, worsened to the point where he's now expected to to be leaving in, in January, which is it's a shame because he obviously has been absolutely fantastic for them. But uh, yeah, it, uh, certainly he 
wasn't wasn't great uh, in in the midweek game. So it seems strange that a manager like Sari, who made his name at Napoli by playing spectacular brand of football, cannot find room for a player who is such a fantasista. But yeah. but uh, Luis Alberto is known for uh, being quite a character off the pitch, and maybe that is a factor. Yeah, a bit a bit hot headed. Uh, the other big story, really, this week that's uh, broken in the last couple of days is that uh, Fiji Chi is opening an investigation into sixty two transfer dealings over the last two years, in particular involving player exchanges. Uh, with questions around valuations, and according to reports, it uh, deals with involving Napoli and Juve in particular that are uh, under the the microscope. Uh, although there must be a lot of other ones there, I don't I don't think Napoli and Juve have made sixty two transfers themselves in in the last couple of years. Elsewhere, Italian media reporting that Juve are getting serious in their pursuit of Vlaovic. Uh, suggesting that they've even got so far as talking about potential salary. But obviously there's a 60 million euro asking price and there's a certain Manchester City and uh, Atletico Madrid as well, apparently, in in the running for, for Vlaovic's signature. Uh, Genoa, apparently on the brink of uh, relieving Ballardini of his, his duties with... Gattuso, Pirlo and Donadoni, uh, one of those three uh, favourites in the frame to to replace him. Uh, And we'll move on to a few contract renewal bits now with Insigne close to renewing with Napoli, according to to reports. But he he was asked about this in a press conference and his response was, you guys always think about the same thing and I just think about playing. The president and my agent will deal with that. So you can read into that what you like. It's the kind of thing you say while your agent is negotiating with another club. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That's the thing. That's why I was saying it was apparently close, but I mean, that doesn't sound like it. This comes off the back of his uh, Insigne's agent being seen allegedly walking into uh, both Inter and Milan's headquarters in recent months. Mm. So uh, who knows what's on the what's on the agenda for the Euro 2020 winner. Yeah, and Inter and Milan both had uh, contract renewals to announce of their own this week. Uh, Lautaro Martinez renewing his contract with Inter until 2026. Uh, dodged a bullet there by not ending up at at, uh, at Barcelona. Uh, and Chiar renewing with Milan until 2024. Right, it's time for Good Week, Bad Week, Buzz. Who do we have down as our favourites for, for Good Week? I have to look at uh, Sassuolo this week, not particularly because of that uh, Juventus result, but also because the goals scored, although Juventus' defending was a little bit weak, uh, were very pretty on the eye, and Sassuolo played football the right way, despite having switched uh, manager in the summer, so I I can't look far from them. Yeah, yeah, and obviously uh, a victory against Venezia coming from from behind as well. Uh, I think that's fair shot. The other nominee would be Milan, but I think... Despite winning both games, they they were a little bit uh, weak or at the very least didn't showcase the best uh, form of football. Um, so I'm happy to give it to Sassuolo. Yeah, I reckon it's a good shout. I reckon Sassuolo is a good shout. Uh, and that, that result uh, away in Turin, I think, has to has to kind of clinch it for them. Uh, bad week is probably a bit more difficult. Uh, I mean, we obviously mentioned Venezia there. Not only did they throw away a lead against Sassuolo, but they 
were leading against Salernitana and lost, obviously, that sending off that we spoke about earlier, but also losing to a last-minute goal. So personally, I'd have them down as one of the contenders. The other ones that we've got down are Cagliari, who lost against Fiorentina and Roma, and Bologna, who obviously lost those two games we spoke about, Milan and Napoli. Who who do you, if you, if you had to, to pick one of the three, who would be your, your uh, nominee for bad week, Buzz? I have to say I was very disappointed by Bologna in this week, but at the same time, as mentioned by Siniza Mihailovic, there were some extenuating circumstances. Giving away two penalties, getting two players sent off in the same game doesn't help your chances of winning. I would uh, probably put all my chips on Cagliari for this one. They don't seem to have benefited from the new manager bounce. Uh, They probably were right to uh, complain about (laughs) at least not getting a point against Roma. They hit the bar and there was also a slightly controversial moment there where, again, VAR was not called up, was called up, etc., etc. But uh, yeah. I think, I think uh, whereas with Venezia, there was the red card and they, they were playing Sassuolo who went on to beat Juve. So, you know, yeah. no, no shame in losing there. Whereas Cagliari really need to start uh, digging themselves out of this uh, hole. Let's not forget that they also started last season in awful fashion and uh, yeah. last year they were able to rescue it but they keep doing this eventually their luck will run dry yeah 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 fair comment I'm, I'm happy with Cagliari for for bad week uh right next up it's your segment keeping up with the italians buzz what have you got for us this week i've got written down here there is a limit to every gimmick and therefore i will not uh, <laughs> i will not bore our listeners with uh Goals from the Polish second division and uh, <laughs> a bunch of Italians playing in uh, Andorra. And there's a guy who plays for Italy who just signed for the Vietnamese league, uh, former Italian under 21 star. But uh, what so I will say is... got something from Turkey, boys. That's all I'm uh, really bothered about. So I will, <laughs> I will keep it very short. We have uh, Carlo Ancelotti winning the Clasico in, uh, in Spain and thus... Uh, precipitating uh, Ronald Koeman's uh, sacking and making Barcelona's season look even worse than it already was. And I have um, our friend Mario Balotelli scoring a 97th minute penalty, which equalized the game and, of course, celebrating like only Mario can. There we go. And that's my my Turkish reference. (laughs) Nice one. Uh, Okay, right. Uh, Let's move on to the final segment, honorable and dishonorable mentions. Uh, I'm going to start off the the honourables, and I've got one for Napoli's under-16s, who scored an outrageous Maradona-style handball from a corner to rescue a 2-2 draw away to to Roma. And I think the real beauty of this is that it was obviously a a Roma commentator who was uh, doing the the commentary, and he absolutely loses it. As soon as the ball goes in, he goes, but that's a handball. That's a handball. No, I mean, his hand was up in the air. How can you miss that? This isn't volleyball. And just like goes off on one. Uh, but yeah, absolutely glorious. To, it's the sort of thing you dream about as a kid to, to score a goal like that and get away with it. So it's an honourable for me. You're liking it to the hand of God, but the hand of God was quite smart about the way he hit it. <laughs> whereas this was pretty much a volleyball smash. <laughs> and then to add insult to injury, he celebrated like he scored a World Cup final goal. Uh <laughs> And, and I, I particularly enjoyed the Roma players outraged and screaming at the ref and running around <laughs> incredulous. Getting I mean, bookings all around. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Great to see you. Love to see it. Um, Boaz, you've got honourables for... Uh, let's 
children news. Yeah, arguably there's been too much reference to children in this episode so far, <laughs> but but here we are. Um, we have uh, Teo Hernandez, whose um, girlfriend announced that she's pregnant this week. So uh, congratulations to them. And also Mertens, whose uh, wife announced that they're expecting a young boy. And of course, they're going to call him Chiro, which has been uh, Mertens' official nickname since he joined Napoli and is even ma- mentioned in his Wikipedia page. So uh, congrats to both. Yeah, I thought I thought you're supposed to hold on to the 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 name until uh, until the child is born, but maybe not. Uh, Perhaps right. that superstition doesn't exist in either Naples or Belgium. Yeah, or maybe both. not. Maybe not. Uh, right. So talking about Naples, I've got an honorable. I've got a couple of honorables for that are going in Naples direction this week. But the first one is for Spalletti uh, for some great footage that emerged on social media of him speaking to the ultras uh, as. Napoli were getting ready to, to set off for the Roma game. Um, basically, the ultras just kind of giving their full support and Spalletti coming out and speaking to them. And it was like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. He was basically very, very serious and kind of rallying the troops and saying to them, you guys are very important, but the most important thing is the players. We have to look after the players. And I don't know. It was it was a bit weird. You've said before that Spalletti is a weird guy, and it was undoubtedly a bit weird. But there was also something quite magical. It kind of felt like something is happening there. You know, um, kind of feels like he's trying to foster some magic there. So, uh, yeah, honourable for me. Very unconventional, but um, enjoyable nonetheless. And that comes off the back of the fact that the ultras are not uh, attending games at the Maradona Stadium right now. They're they're all going yeah. to the game and standing outside of the stadium and singing which seems a little bit counterintuitive to me but uh but yeah that's uh maybe Spalletti trying to get them on side yeah doing all he can uh Boaz you've got an honorable for well it comes from the juniores the campionato juniores usually when we dive into lower league football it seems like we're uh usually presenting quite sad stories of racism and violence or people being punched but this one is a, is a sweet story and I want to give an honorable to Lesna Gold captain Simone Davoglio who uh, when he saw that uh, referee Angela Bonaf- Bonfrante was hit by a ball to the head in the dying minutes of their game and she collapsed and fainted, he immediately jumped to her assistance having uh, recently learned uh, some first aid and was able to uh, help her and kind of make sure that she wasn't swallowing her tongue and stuff like that. So... Good on him, and clearly he's the captain for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Bravo. Do, you, do your first aid training, guys. Right, so I said I had another honourable for, for Napoli, and I, the reason I'm giving Napoli an honourable is for their, their Halloween kit, which, Boaz, you give a preemptive dishonourable to without without even having seen it. I I quite liked it. When I actually saw it, I quite liked it. It uh I had the spider webs about it, but that makes it sound absolutely disgusting. But I would recommend that those who didn't watch Napoli's game in midweek um, check it out because I think it's a very smart kit. So, Boaz, you have an honourable for Serie A legends. Yeah, this was a, a week where the likes of Del Piero, De Rossi, Vieri, Abate, Montolivo, Matri, Pazzini and David Pizarro all got their... Um, UEFA coaching license in the same in the same class. Some of those players are superstars. Some of them are general names that will be familiar with anyone who follows Serie A. 
I particularly liked uh, Daniele De Rossi's quotes to the press where he said, the legendary UEFA A license has finally arrived. Uh, it enriches my wall already full of, of awards such as my uh, my junior school diploma that's up there. <laughs> it definitely stands out, he said, sparkling there with my other diplomas. So good humor from De Rossi. Nice one, yeah. Uh, right, uh, it's my it's time for my goals, honourable, and there were lots of crackers to to pick from this week, but I'm giving it to Ilicic. Uh, this might be my bias coming out, but I think you have to uh, you you have to kind of take this in you know the circumstances it was in the game. Atalanta were two one up away to Sampdoria, uh, last minute of injury time. Uh, Ilicic got the ball running towards the corner and everyone, I think even the commentators said, oh, he'll run down the clock now. Certainly that's what the, the two Sabdaria defenders who were closing in on him thought. And he just absolutely sold them both. The, the dummy went up along the byline and uh, smashed the ball in from a, a tight angle. Uh, so I think given the fact that Ilicic is coming back to just form. He had a torrid time last season. I'm uh, going to give him an honourable for that goal. And I'm going to tack on to an honourable for Gasparini uh, reaching 200 games as uh, Atalanta manager. Boaz, one more honourable left, and it's for... Well, I'm not sure who it's for, but it's uh, involves a game between Athletic Carpi and Progresso. Sometimes uh, you can write these things, you can script these things, but... Manager Massimo Bagatti of Atletico Carpi was essentially sacked following uh, their 1-1 their draw with uh, Progreso. What was uh, particularly memorable about this game was that the, the equalizing goal was scored by uh, the manager's son, Nicolò, who was later Oof. seen uh, bawling his eyes out outside of the changing room, saying that he felt guilty for getting his dad fired, essentially. It's a... It's a weird twist of fate and no one wants to get their dad fired unless perhaps they had some uh, some bad blood in the family. But I definitely think that uh, the next uh, Christmas dinner or, or whatever is going to be very interesting. <laughs> I think his dad actually said afterwards that um, he didn't do anything wrong. He just uh, did what uh, what he was there to do. So He just did his duty, which, yeah. which is what you would say to the press. But once you get home, maybe maybe the belt comes yeah. out or something like that. <laughs> Oof, boys. I don't know. I don't okay. know what Mister. I don't know what Mister. Bagatti's relationship with his son is, okay. and more specifically, I don't know what it what, what it will be now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, right. I think that seems like an appropriate place to to end the episode. So, <laughs> as ever, we're hoping that Oscar will be back. Apparently, at the end of his epic journey, he reaches uh, the British shores on uh, Wednesday next week. So hopefully he'll be back in time for next week's uh, Scudetto. Until then, thank you everybody for for listening. And uh, as always, please do subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio uh, if you don't subscribe already. Other than that, until next week, enjoy the football. Hello. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 